This is where the fun begins. Hello and welcome to another episode of Elite Rugby Banter. We are back after a few weeks away, but we will bring you all the latest in the world of rugby. We've got a lot of things to talk about this evening, including the URC, Sevens, a whole lot of news, and we're also looking forward to the European competitions, which are about to begin. Um, but as usual, I'm joined by Andrew and Ant. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. Um, I am... Suffering a little from the hangovers of my draft fines because I've come bottom, I think, what, three or four of the first seven rounds of URC uh, and have had the down-down punishments to, to match. But then I was late as well, so I had extra penalties and did them all in one, which was a bit of an experience on a Sunday night. But um, I'm here. I'm happy. Uh, I'm happy that the Stormers are back to winning ways. Yeah, very brave of you to... to take that level of fineage on a Sunday evening. I was impressed. Um, but yeah, you, you've turned the corner. The Stormers have turned the corner. Unfortunately for Ant, the Sharks haven't turned the corner. Ant, how are you doing? Well, they turned a corner. It just happened to be a U-turn. Like a, like a full <laughs> yeah. It's just turning into a roundabout and then coming back out on the other side. <laughs> um, so no, no. Um, I, I'm just a seven supporter now. I don't actually watch the Sharks. The USC I jumped fully back onto the sevens bandwagon, and I'm a very committed Blitzbox fan, and I don't actually even know what fifteens ranked is anymore. Nice, and I assume that you're heading to the stadium this weekend for the sevens. I am indeed. So that's where I'll be doing all of my draft finds because I think I owe as many as Andrew did. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. But I'm just going to kill two birds with one stone. That sounds like a plan, and, and I and think my liver probably in the process. I think uh, as part of the news or as part of our discussion, let's just dive straight in with the sevens. So we've had the first tournament begin oh. this weekend in Dubai. Um, as Ant might have or may not have mentioned, the, the Blitzbok were victorious again. The, I believe it's five times in a row in Dubai. Um, yeah. And yeah, even though they haven't yet qualified for the Olympics next year, which is still on the line, it's a good start, and hopefully they'll be able to bring that form to Cape Town next season. And I'm sure you caught some of it. What did you think? Yeah, they <clears throat> looked good, to be honest. Look, I think it helped that they had all of their stars back. I think they've had a really rough time with injuries the last couple of years, with struggling to get their full choice 15 on. And I think they've lost a lot of the depth um, that they had in previous years. So, you know, previously we could handle a couple of frontline injuries. Now we don't quite have the same. Same, the same depth so you know having having all the players fit and available that's great um so yeah we'll see if that means we can translate to cape town we haven't got a great record in cape town so it would be lovely for us to, to celebrate a win there but what was yeah. fun is we did beat new zealand so again the, the south african dominance over the kiwis continues yeah it can't be that much fun being an all blacks fan of 15 or 7's variety and even their uh, the women's team lost in the final against Australia too, so not ideal. So the format is a bit different this year, so it's just the 12 teams, which means some third place going to the quarterfinals. Um, Andrew, did you catch any of it with first impressions of the new season? I've caught highlights here and there. I didn't manage to catch any of it live, unfortunately. I had uh, the national birding big day on Saturday, so, you know, priorities. Um, the big bird day? 
I heard about it on the radio. Yes. It's not, it's not about seeing big birds. It's about <laughs> big lists of birds. Uh, every, every day. Yeah, so Sesame Street characters don't make an appearance. Unfortunately, not. <laughs> okay. Do, do you know what? Do you know which uh, what species of bird Big Bird is? By the way, a cartoon bird. <laughs> uh, no. I was gonna say like an emu or something, but it's just it's not a big bird like that. So I think the clue is he's yellow, but it's actually meant to be a canary, which is the scariest fucking canary. Yeah, they've, they've, <laughs> yeah they've got that one a little bit wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's I'm not, not, not profess that I'm a bird expert like you are, but it just doesn't feel quite. No, right. not a very lifelike representation. Um, but I didn't catch any of it live. Was the main point of what I was telling you. Um, the I did catch some highlights, but on a more general level, um, the Bitsbox have been in a bit of a rebuilding phase over the last year, year and a bit. Um, and it's nice to see them discovering some form and, and looking like a team with some cohesion. So it's still a long road to get to the Olympics from here uh, with a couple of challenge competitions or something to come. I don't know, Phil, you think, I think you're on top of the details, but it's nice to see the guys getting back to some form and winning competitions. Yeah, so I mean, um, in theory, so, it should be straightforward because it's just competing in the direct charge with the only teams that haven't qualified yet, which is like 11th that have. So it's really, you know, playing in theory the, the pretty weak teams. But, you know, we should one never have expected us to have lost it in Africa to Kenya. So, you know. yeah. And I think in sevens, there's much more of a propensity to have a big upset than 15. So hopefully it doesn't happen again. But yeah, we'll see um yeah and the the south african women sevens were also in action they're part of the 12 this year and i think they came ninth out of 12 which is not too bad given their relative strength um i'm sure they'll be looking to build on that also in their home leg this weekend um and i guess you'll be in the stadium you'll see a lot of it i think they've because of the change of format they they there's quite a lot of the women's matches on the main field and there's some action on a second field as well yeah, I think they realized that the, the, the Friday, the three-day tournaments just didn't work from a fan's perspective. <clears throat> so they've gone back to, and they, they're still keeping the women's and men playing together, but now they've condensed the game. So you're still getting your three games Saturday, Sunday, um, but you're also getting all the women's fixtures as well. So I think, I think it, the, the format works out better overall. Um, and now it means that if you are going on a Saturday, you've got six South African games to watch, which is quite exciting. Yeah, that sounds like a much better format. Maybe I should still think about going. But anyway, yeah, and I'm, I think they've decreased some of the minimum prices just because they haven't sold out as quickly as they have in the past. I don't know if that's yeah. Uh, I mean, if you yeah, want to have a rant that's... about that, we can. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's really it's just just I mean, it just shows how awful the World Cup was basically last year. Yeah, and I ranted about it at the time. I'm pretty sure, but. They just monumentally ruined what was one of the best stops on the tour. Um, because I think on the Saturday, the Springboks played one game. You know? yeah. It's like, and they were playing oh, really you... late sometimes. Yeah. Like their game was at like almost 10 the one night, and that was the only game. Yeah. And then, but then they created a fan park outside the stadium. So, like, you didn't even party <laughs> in the stands. So, it was all just very stupid. I think so many people had a bad experience of that. And also, it was like two months before the Cape Town Lake, anyway. So you yeah. kind of were like, well, I'm not going to go to two sevens and the same thing. People are a bit tired of it at the moment. I think, and yeah, I think the World Cup really was responsible for killing a lot of that. 
um, both through its poor organization and just the timing. Anyway, I'm yeah. looking forward to it and I think I'm going to have a good time. Hopefully the build up towards the Olympics also adds a little bit of oomph and uh, it's always a big occasion on the seventh calendar Look, trying to earn a medal. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, they, but they've done a whole rebrand. I mean, they've decided that vowels are stupid. Um, so, you know, the whole thing is, is rejigged and it's like, it does look quite vibey. I mean, in, in Dubai now they were having, it was like basically a tennis tournament. I think it was paddle and CrossFit and cricket and a whole bunch of random sports outside of something. I don't know if the same thing's happening here. All the um, big trendy but, things, yeah. But it's, it's, it's cool that they're kind of, they are trying to keep it fresh and interesting and fun. Um, you know, so I applaud them for that. So if Dubai was DBX, is Cape Town, do you know what? <laughs> is it just going to be CBT, I assume I CB, CBT. That makes sense. I don't think we need to get too, too <laughs> Yeah. Since, um, moving on to some other news. So I think first we've got Bowdoin Barrett re-signing with the All Blacks or New Zealand Rugby until 2027. So he'll be returning to the Blues next year. So he's just away from uh, the All Blacks for one year and then he'll be looking to make another World Cup appearance. He's already on over 100 caps, so he'll be going strong. I mean, other than Moanga, who's also left, they haven't really had too many other solid fly half options, even though he's obviously been playing fullback. Do you think it's a, a, a good move for the All Blacks? I mean, you wouldn't say no to a player of his experience and caliber, right, Andrew? No, of course you wouldn't. That, that would be ridiculous. I mean, he's been one of the best players consistently over the last 10 years. Um, so, And he's multi-position covering. So, you know, why not? I mean, he's getting a bit old, but Barrett is renowned for his fitness and his pace. Uh, he, he's not... He's not available for selection this year while he's away, I don't think. Okay, so I'm expecting to see either a new up and come or David McKenzie playing fly half for now, but uh, and then um, he may come back to fullback to uh, challenge him after that. But yeah, I mean, good news is if you were an All Black fan, which I'm not. Yeah, I was ho- <laughs> I was hoping that he'd go back to the Hurricanes because I preferred the Hurricanes version of Burden. But uh, he, yeah, he, he is he is returning to the Blues as well. I guess it's easier when he's uh, in Auckland. But yeah, it would have been cool for yeah. Barrett to finish his career with one of his brothers, if not both of his brothers. Like that would be quite yeah. a fun, fun thing to do is have them all. Where, where did they come from originally? Like, what's their native? Like, who would they have? Taranaki. Yeah, the Taranaki boys. Okay, so, so Wellington, yeah, so, so uh, I, hurricanes make sense. Yeah, I think um, Scott was the only one who went straight to Canterbury and the Crusaders. So yeah, hopefully they can finish Jordy at play for, Didn't Jordy play for the Canterbury Academy? He might have. Yeah, actually, that sounds right. And then he went to the Crusaders. So okay, maybe they'll just okay, all so have yeah, to I end up so. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously there are more siblings, but those three all finishing on the. On the same team would be a nice, nice moment for the family. Yeah, um, all three of them playing for the All Blacks doesn't count enough as playing on the same team. <laughs> and uh, probably the record number for siblings um, playing together. I'm oh, sure, yeah. Especially three brothers. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, Yanni and, and Busy will have a pretty good record of. Yeah. Both club and country, to be fair. Yeah, they followed each other around. So, cheetahs yeah. and sharks and um, not bulls. 
so in other news, so Owen Farrell has announced that he's going to take a break from international rugby and miss at least the Six Nations at the start of next year. He'll carry on playing for the Saracens, but for his family and himself, he's taking some time out. Um, is this down to just the pressures of international National rugby, or was it cited that it's because of some of the abuse that he's given? I don't know if you guys have read up on the story. I've read up a little bit. No. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, uh, so, I mean, I've, I've read a few different accounts, and I think for me, the summation is basically if you're a professional sportsman, criticism comes with a job, especially if you're as high, high profile a sportsman as he is. He's the, the captain of the national side. He's also got a bit of a reputation for being hard-nosed and, and rude and bossy and, and not the cleanest player. Uh, so he's invited a little bit more criticism than others. But I think where things have crossed the line and, and where it's really got to him and his family uh, is where people you know, blur those lines uh, completely and troll him on social media and threaten his family and make derogatory comments about you know him personally and things like that, which is obviously... You know, not not part of the, the criticism that comes with the game. So I think with uh, social media makes people into awful, awful human beings. And he's not the first. I mean, Michael Hooper took a break. Um, there have been others and there will be more. Um, so, yeah, I think we need to call out the trolls on social media. But trolls seem too flippant a word when you're making death threats and sexual threats against someone's family. Like that's that's just being a horrible human being. It shouldn't be a part of the game. Yeah, well, it's it's just so weird that people want to target someone in that kind of way. Like, you know, I think it's it's all fine and well that we're all passionate about sport, and we, you know, you quite, you, I think you're within your rights to be critical of a player's playing ability, even yeah. reason. Um, but to call them their personal character or you know come off to their family, so it's just like what's going through people's heads. It's just bizarre. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's horrible that that kind of stuff is is what professional sportsmen have to face. Yeah, we spoke about it briefly during the World Cup. I think there was Corbus Reynach on the Springbok side. Um, and then obviously there's been referees as well. So one of the yeah. other topics of news was Tom Foley, who was the TMO in the final. Uh, he is also, I guess, retiring from internet, the international level of refereeing. He's going to carry on in England. But, um, you know, apparently World Rugby were like counting the number of death threats that him and Wayne Barnes had received and some of the other refs and it's it's staggering like like you guys have been saying it's just like terrible terrible behavior there's no excuse for it I mean it's one thing when you're choosing to play for your country but I mean technically you're choosing to be a ref and it's like you can understand sometimes it's like okay I don't actually need to be doing this I'm gonna take myself out of this limelight if you're going getting put like everyone makes mistakes in like if you think of the tmo and the ref in the final they didn't obviously have bad you know performances but they still get subject to things like death threats i can imagine just thinking it's not worth it yeah for sure especially at you know i mean all of this this <clears throat> elite sporting environment you know there's so much travel there's so much sacrifice time away from your family and stuff like that so you're like what's What's the point, really? You know, at least like players get the recognition of being um, you know, superstars, or whatever. But like the refs don't even get that. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're not walking away with big paychecks or you know 
uh, merchandise deals or whatever. So you really kind of want like, but why? <laughs> yeah, no one likes refs. I mean, the best refs are the ones that don't really get talked about. So <laughs> it's a hard job. It's a hard job. Um, yeah, and I mean, we've sort of touched on Rassi a bit and we've disapproved of some of his comments. I think we had uh, one of our Irish listeners who... Who, who who said it's it's uh, hard for us to call out people hating on refs because of Rassi, but I mean that makes no sense to me. Um, we you know where it's appropriate, I think you can criticize Rassi just because we're South African fans doesn't mean he's exempt from it. And it's yeah, there's obviously a line, and it's so clear where people are either bringing families into it or death threats or anything close to that. So it's just an unacceptable thing, and hopefully we can somehow I don't know how but get it out of the game. Yeah, easier said than done. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's just about all of the, the big news items. There's obviously been a few other things in the since we've um, last spoken on air. But uh, I think let's move swiftly into the URC. So we've had seven rounds. Do we have to? <laughs> we'll, we'll touch on some of uh, Ant's favorite boys, but... Um, Let's, I'll start with just saying Leinster are back on top, so things have sort of resumed, uh, normal practices have resumed, Leinster are back on top. In South Africa, the Bulls are leading the way, as you might have gathered from Ant's uh, sadness, the Sharks are on the bottom of the South African Conference and second last overall. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, the internationals have started coming back in. Some of them have played three or four games already. Uh, most of the Springboks, just a couple in the last week or two. Um, Andrew, how, how do you, what are your impressions from the, I think it's URC3 now? Yeah, third season. Storm has won the first, Munster won the second. Now we're on the third. Um, hopefully a third final in Cape Town. We'll see. Um, <laughs> It's it's been I think a really competitive tournament. I think without having the internationals there, uh, it's it's exposed the underbellies of a few teams. Um, the Italians and the Scots got their internationals back a bit quicker, as did the Welsh. Um, it helped some teams more than others. Irish. Um, the Irish took a bit longer, I think, to get their internationals back. Um, I still haven't got Bundy Arkey back, so we'll we'll, <laughs> wait, we'll wait for that to to happen. But it's. It's shown how competitive this tournament can be. And I think the Italian team, Zebra, getting their first win in like 24 games or something like that was really cool. Uh, they've also been competitive in other games. Who would they have got to win against? That can't be possible. Made up fake, fake news. I'm, I'm trying to move on, but you keep interrupting me. <laughs> uh, Benetton have looked competitive. Um, Glasgow are looking like a, a side to challenge for the top. So, yeah, it's been shaken yeah. up a bit, apart from Leinster being at the top again. But, um, yeah, it looks like another quality tournament on our hands. Yeah. And, Ant, I know you haven't uh, caught quite as much as you might have liked, but um, it is warming up nicely. Uh, and as the Springboks come back, do you think uh, the competitiveness will go up and the Sharks might even you know, come a little bit back into it or is it too late from their side? I mean, I thought that was going to be the case after obviously their pumping win last week. Um, but, you know, that's, I suppose, what happened when you play well side. Um, yeah, they, they were probably outclassed by the Bulls. Um, 
which is worrying because I mean, you know, that if you just look at lineup to lineup, the Sharks should be quite significantly stronger um, player-wise. So that is a very worrying result. Um, you know, I know that the coaches—they've obviously got great new coaching staff, but it's you know they <clears throat> experienced coaches now are meant to be familiar with the environment. So. I haven't watched enough of the rugby to really comment what's going on there, but it's, it is very worrying that seven games in, they haven't been managed to string much together at all and really not look that promising. Um, it's not even like there's been signs of goodness within it. Um, so yeah, it, it's very, very concerning, I think, from a Sharks perspective um, as to what the issue is there. Yeah, I mean, they obviously had a really, really difficult start. They had Munster and Leinster away. Um, you know, though that you wouldn't really have expected. It would have been a bonus probably to get wins in Ireland. But then losing... Especially with how many players they then They were missing like 25 players for the yeah. to be fair. I think 10 spring box and another 15 injured. Just, but yeah. But then, yeah, losing to Zebra, um, as Andrew mentioned, that, that was a, a real terrible result. But then losing at home. I mean... All the other South African teams have made easy work of uh, opposition who have had to travel to South Africa. So they lost at home to Connacht before pumping the Dragons. But that was a really, really standout poor, poor result. Um, yeah. Andrew? Yeah, it, it does feel like the Sharks have some problems in the tight five in particular. It's playing out at set piece. Um, at Hooker, they've had all of Kieran Van Feeren, Dylan Richardson, and Fez Mbata. Um, so they've they've rotated through hookers and Fez uh, got a yellow card at about 30 minutes and was yanked at half time because the lineout was going so badly against the Bulls. Uh, so it's uh, and I think he's not really flanked by. I mean, we're Kuni Oesteis in back, but is he still a force to be reckoned with? And uh, Tukum Puno is someone I've rated for a long time, but he doesn't seem to be showing up. And then if you take away Etzebeth, they've got like Corne Roll and. Emil van Heerden, who's okay, but he's young and inexperienced. So they don't, they've lost like Bongi and Bonambi to injury for probably the season. They've lost Thomas de Toy to uh, overseas. Um, and Eben's just making his way back now. So it's a rough. Yeah, and then other guys yeah. like Renil Hugo are not yeah. injured. You know. yeah. If they're yeah. really, Hiron Andrews is suspended. Yeah. As I'm saying, you know, they, they are missing, even now that the box are back, they're still missing 15 players. Through suspension yeah. and injury, um, you know, so they fair enough. Like they are, um, that doesn't help. But you still don't lose to Zebra, and you don't get pumped forty-five ten by the Bulls. Like yeah, with your swing box back, you know, on the tour, I'll, I'll give them some slack. But after that, there really isn't much excuse. Well, yeah, it's been a. There are only like two, only two wins behind um, eighth position, which is where you need to be to get into the quarters. And then from there, anything can happen. So I don't think it's, I don't think there's time for the Sharks to claw their way back, but they've had a horror start to the season. Yeah, that's a good oh, point. I mean, seven and out of 16 games, I mean, it's... Yeah, but it, I think Andrew's point, you know, oh, they just need easy. to, they just need a, a couple of, a, or a run of a few wins um, and you can get back to eighth at least. I mean, the Lions are just outside the top eight at the moment, um, and their record is a little bit better, but uh, not much. So let's just touch on the Lions quickly. So they had a, a rough start. They lost at home to the Stormers before going on tour, but uh, they did manage to get a win on tour, which I think has probably been the highlight of the season. They managed to beat the Scarlets up in Wales. Um, 
And then this weekend, or the last two weekends, they've made easy work of the Zebra and Dragons. I mean, those are two of the poorest teams to face at home, so you'd expect to win. But even with an early red card this weekend, they managed to you know, still comprehensively win. So it's been an interesting season for the Lions. Uh, like on tour, they played super conservatively, pretty much you know, chose not to run anything and just, you know, kicked and played for the for territory as much as they could. So they played smart in a way because, you know, they did get a win out of that. But then back at home, they've spread the ball around and we've seen the likes of Edward Van Merver, Henk Ovenbeek, uh, some of the really exciting backline players and some of the forwards like Frank Horn as well, uh, really step up or step up again. They were also good last year. So definitely, as usual, some positive sparks for the Lions. Um, yeah, Andrew, have you what have you seen of the Lions? I'm enjoying this new new Lions team. It feels like a new Lions team, but it's got like reminiscent qualities of Johan Ackerman days. Like guys are, are playing exciting rugby, running rugby. Um, I mean the the caution always is that you you let too many points in as well as scoring a lot yourself, but it makes for really entertaining viewing as a neutral. Um your your uh, cardiologist here up in Joburg must be making some good business because the Lions do <laughs> scare you every now and again, but they do play fun rugby. And you've mentioned like Frankie Horn, Edel van Amerver, Henk Kofenweg. There's also, I mean, the the juggernaut up front, Asenati and Tlabakanya, who's just absolutely lighting it up. And he's like 150 kilos, but moves like he's 50 kilos lighter. Um, that's yeah. been fun, a lot of fun to watch. So it's a really promising and quite young um sort of no name brand side they don't have a lot of spring box or box. <laughs> but um yeah. they, they're playing really cool rugby yeah the only spring box in the 23 for the last couple of games has been ron he hardly counts because it's been yeah. such a long time and he was also during a, a dark spring box time i think um and from your side any uh any lions feedback i mean it's just exciting that the lions actually have signed a whole bunch of their players going forward um, you know, a big announcement coming up this week that they've got 23 players have committed, which is, you know, I mean, that's always been the Lions' biggest problem is they have infinite talent that comes through. But, you know, they only last a season. So their team's inevitably always 21 years old um, with like one random old guy. It's like, you can't build a championship team around it. So, you know, if they can actually try and build some consistency finally, this would be really good for them because they've got the talent. And as you say, they've played lovely, lovely rugby. Um, yeah, yeah, so it'd be nice if they could hang up some players for a change. Yeah, and that's what Johan Ackermann's team managed to do so well. They sort of chose to just build and stay together for a few years. Unfortunately, it didn't result in a Super Rugby title, but they were close. Three finals in a row um, with no win, which I'm still sad about. But uh, yeah, just a special mention, I think, for Sinella Nohamba. He's moved out to fly half, and he's been one of the key players. He's hmm. played in a different way that you'd expect someone like Jaden or Jordan Hendricks, sorry, to play, or um, even Gianni Lombard, but he's been a real crucial cog in the Lions machine so far. So I think he's had a really, really good season. Um, yeah, so let's move on to Andrew, your boys, the Stormers. It's been a lot of ups and downs this season, I think. Like I said, they, they beat the Lions at Ellis Park, so it was a great start. And they've looked similar to the Lions, really, really good uh, here in, not in Cape Town, they've played in Stellenbosch so far, but then they lost four out of four away. So what do you make of the season so far? Uh, it's been topsy-turvy. It feels like every time you watch the stuff, there should be like circus music playing because the guys are just 
like putting on a putting on a huge show which can be extremely positive or negative depending on how things are going um you got guys like warrior Kalant who can light up a rugby field but you can also just completely let the side down which he's done in at least two games which you know areas that he he uh you know, was culpable for possibly led to defeats um in close games so you've got to teach these guys to express themselves in, in ways that aren't detrimental to the side. But now with some of the Springboks coming back, um, filling that 10, 12, 13 uh, channel, which has been problematic so far. We had John, Jean-Luc Duplessis, who's a fourth choice fly half, starting games overseas in, in tough you know conditions in the winter in Europe. Um, and now we've got Marnie Lebok back with Damien Willemsa outside him. Potentially with Sasha and Gomazulu coming back uh, soon, so that backline is going to be stacked. The forwards, Diamani's back after his paternal leave, so I think we can put the tour behind us now. But it was a terrible, terrible tour. It's we got to scrape our way back up the table again, much like the Sharks. Uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be tough, but our, the Springboks have the championship quality to get there. The Springboks are Stormers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, especially like you said in the backs, they've got an abundance of talent um, and it's going to be about how you almost fit all of those players into one team. Uh, I guess with Kitschok leaving less up front, like even in terms yeah. of Springbok presence, uh, I guess the Weber doesn't really count these days. He hasn't represented the Springboks in a while. Um, and do you see the Stormers also <clears throat> with Springboks back? Um, being perhaps forwards light, or do you think they'll be able to even uh, push forward uh, and compete again and hope for another home final? Well, it's off even that big a loss. I mean, he's lost both his games for Ulster so far. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I mean, mean, yeah, of course, of course Kitsov's a loss. And I, th I think any team that's Springbok heavy, given how many much they rest, you know, it's, it's, a tr it's, a, it's like a double-edged sword. It's obviously amazing to have them when they play. But they also don't play half the time, particularly when you've got the European League starting up. Um, and that's obviously, I think, a lot of the focus for some of the teams is to, to prioritize those games. I mean, I, I just hope that that's what the Sharks are doing now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 I mean, it's, it's obviously a loss. And the, the Stormers do have a pretty, pretty strong, strong depth in terms of players with experience, but not that much depth in terms of like ultimate quality. They've got a lot of like, Solid Actually. club level players, but not too many superstars. Um, you know, and, and I think a lot of players that like aren't going to ever be superstars. You know, they just don't have that kind of like same star quality about them. Maybe um, you know, guys like um, Billy Engelbrecht or Ben Jason Dixon, like they're they're great players. They'll do a job for your club, but they're also not going to like. You know, they're never going to play for the Springboks. Um, yeah. no Alistair, Alistair for Mark. Um, yeah, like he's never, he's never even, yeah, I mean, he's yeah. what 10 15 years older now, and you know, he does a great job, but he's he's also not ever going to be in the Springbok picture, yeah. Um, and you know, those players are, are super super important to have, but when you're playing against the top top teams in Europe, like you sometimes do need that a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I suppose that's just the you know, the question is when do you when do you play your trump card, basically? Yeah, I think that's fair. Um and yeah, then moving on to the most successful of the South African teams so far, uh, the Bulls have had a, a pretty good start to the season. They've also had a four-match tour. They won two games away against Zebra and Cardiff, um, and then they've they've won all their home games. Um, and as Ant said, they smashed the Sharks this weekend, and they they looked very dominant, very powerful doing so. 
So, Andrew, would you say Bulls out of the South African teams are the ones to watch in terms of final honours, or is it too early to say? Uh, it's a bit early to say. I think the Stormers will be challenging them by the end of the season, but they're definitely in the prime seats right now. It's, it's been interesting because the Sharks were billed as the team that was building this superstar uh, you know, squad, and we're going to be the you know, like complete trailblazers in South Africa. But Jake arguably has gone about it in his own way and building his own stars. A lot of them sort of people who we thought were washed up, very peripheral to Springbok rugby, brought back, who've been phenomenal. Um, like Akka van Amerva, we hadn't heard of him for a few years playing overseas. Um, he's playing arguably the best rugby now, um, benefiting Phil on his draft draft, uh, draft roster. Um, <laughs> yeah, Vili Leroux, like in two games, has looked really, really sharp for them. Everyone thought his sort of rugby career was winding down, but he's he's putting in good performances. There's a, there's a lot of other really good players, really quality players, especially up front. They've got a lot of, lot of beef. I mean, that, that's been the, 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 the hallmark of Jake at the Bulls, is just picking good, experienced guys. You know, yeah. Like, that aren't even necessarily going to start, but just are there and they're in the squad. You know, like guys like, <clears throat> you know, Nizam Kar, Nanawapu, like um, Bismarck. A lot of these guys have a lot of good experience that whether they're starting or not, and they can still do a job when they play, but they bring value to the team in other ways. You know, you can see it rubbing off on a lot of the junior guys. Um, they're just playing. They're just slotting to the team and they just flare. I mean, like even someone yeah. like David Creel now, like, I think yeah, it's David yeah. or Richard, one of them, but yeah, he's just David, playing yeah. incredibly good rugby. And you were like, you would never have thought that that guy would be crushing at the level that he is. Yeah, I was going to say, I think David Creel has been one of the best players of the tournament uh, so far, to be honest. And he's been playing at 12. He's sort of, you know, we first saw him playing fullback, I think, and then saw him play 13 some, some of last season. Now he's been playing 12 this whole season with Stedman Hans outside him. Like, he obviously played well this weekend, but David Creel's really put his hand up. And even for the Lions, Richard Creel, who came back, who played for Zebra last season, I was very skeptical about him getting a starting a starting uh, wing position but he's he's proved me wrong so far i think he's been very impressive just doing like the sort of simple things right and just uh, making a positive impact so both krill brothers looking good um and then guys like elrachlo and cameron hanakom you know some of these youngsters coming through are really also looking really good so for the bulls it's it's mostly looking pre pretty positive yeah, I, I don't know where Marcel Kutsia comes back in after his suspension, given that Markov and Stardens back. <laughs> um, and he's, I mean, he's, he's club captain, right? So, yeah, I mean, that Bulls back three is suddenly stacked with Hanakom, who came out of nowhere, but is an absolute phenom. Yeah, I think he was the uh, SA under 20s last year, and he's managed to just make that transition look, you know, easy, especially for forwards and loose forwards. Sometimes the physicality, you know, is a bit tough to sort of uh, handle at, at the start, but he's made it look easy, and he's just come straight in, like you say. It's going to be hard for some of these other balls players to to get their positions back. I mean, they, they've got Nizam Kai, as Ant said, as well. So Marcel Kutsia definitely doesn't have his spot just waiting. Yeah, it's a good problem to have <laughs> to, to football fans. Yeah. 
cool. I think with that, let's uh, look forward to this weekend, starting with the Bulls, because I think they have possibly the um, most exciting fixture out of the South African teams. They host Saracens on Saturday night um, up in Loftus. And I believe that Saracens rested most of their, or a lot of their first team stars this weekend in the English Premiership. So they should be traveling down with a pretty full strength team. And that's, you know, one of the sort of matches that you really hope to be able to see if you're a Bulls fan, you know, being able to see someone like the Saracens come to your to your stadium and be able to see hopefully guys like Owen Farrell and Mauro Toja play and hopefully Bulls smash them. It is quite fun that like we can actually support the Bulls for a change. Like, I, <laughs> I really enjoyed that aspect of being in Europe now, where it's like when we're playing super rugby, I never would have. I would have always supported other because I don't want them, but like now it's you can it's quite fun <laughs> yeah i mean jake even despite jake white's best attempts i think he's been a bit quiet this season he hasn't put himself out as much as he normally does so that also makes it a bit easier to sport balls just not seeing jake white moan and groan about everything like we have sometimes seen i suppose it helps when he's winning but less to moan and groan about <laughs> yeah that's true um and then the stormers are on the road so I know their first home game is against La Rochelle uh, in a couple of weeks. But this weekend, um, I think they are up against Leicester Tigers. So playing against both Jasper Visa and Andre Pollard, it should be an interesting one. Andrew, are you excited for that? Well, geez, yeah, just mentioning La Rochelle since sort of shivers down the spine because that's... <laughs> Really uh, reigning champions yeah, right. yeah exactly but um yeah leicester are imminently more beatable but by no means a simple jump on the way to the final they're a team with some real quality players most of them south african so they know how we play and they they are a quality side and it's going to be a good game but traveling the stormers have not traveled well this year <laughs> yeah it's uh, and it's tough. They've just come back from a tour. They've had one game in Celebosh, and now they're back off to England before returning next weekend to play La Rochelle. So, it's a it's a really really tough schedule. But uh, I I mean I guess we've just got to get used to it, right? This is how it's gonna be. You can't really make well, it too much easier. Are they still flying? We don't have to. We can do do what um, Stephen Jones is saying that we must have a co a what carbon separate competition or something stupid. Because we're killing the environment with all the traveling we're doing. <laughs> Stephen Jones is complaining about the environment. Yeah, yeah. That's, I, I can't take this yeah. No, I don't think one needs to. <laughs> think about um, it. There's any obligation to do that. Yeah. And outside of the the Stormers and the Sharks, uh, as as the, the both the Lions, or sorry, the Stormers and the Bulls, both the Lions and the Sharks didn't qualify for the Champions Cup, so are both participating in the challenge cup i know the lions are heading to france to play perpignan while the sharks have a home fixture um do you know who they're playing against ant i don't have it on the top of my head i do not <laughs> uh, they're playing against powell so that should be oh uh, yes I think, yeah i have no idea who plays for powell <laughs> i know that i know they've previously had some uh They've always been a one of the poorer French teams, but they've always had some decent All Blacks. I think they had Ben Smith back in the day. They might have Sam Whitelock at the moment. Um, yeah, the, the Lions playing Perpignan, and um, they are bottom of the 
French league at the moment. They have Marvin Ari, one of the Springboks that they managed to get. Maybe, uh, you know, not the best Springbok that they could have gotten. So the Lions at home, I'm expecting, or away, it's going to be tough. And then next weekend, they play at home. So I think for the South African teams, you've got to bank on home wins and anything you can get away from home is... They've got Jack Maddox. Yeah. <laughs> Are we talking about power now? Yeah, I'm also... Yeah, and Luke Whitelock's joining there. Um, what about Sam? Is Sam, Sam Whitelock. Sam yeah. Whitelock. Joining his brother. Um, Talk, talking about the Barrettery Union, it would have been nice to have all the Whitelocks yeah, coming out there. In France. That's, that's about the only... And Ebenezer Chimanga, the Norwegian wing. That's oh. genuinely the only three names I recognize in that team. Uh, and okay. Becca Kugodza, you know who that is? I mean, he's... He's Georgian. He's Georgian. Uh, he's Georgian. <laughs> <laughs> like, do you know who he is? Tokalahi? Uh, Play for the Reds or something? Oh, yeah. Tokalahi is one of the bad Australian props. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Well, he's Tongan, apparently. And Fissi Hoy. I recognize him from Super Rugby at one point. Oh, Fissi Hoy. Okay, yeah, that sounds familiar as well. Yeah, but it's not saying a huge amount. <laughs> but yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it, it's not, it's really not pushing the boat out. I think the Sharks at home, yeah, even if they rotate a bit, they should have more than enough. Uh, well, but the season, given the they? season so far, yeah, maybe that's let's a bit just, too, too, much, too easy to say. Or let's just say power, power, to. power no zebra, hey? <laughs> They're no zebra. I mean, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, We've got two weeks of Challenge Cup and Champions Cup before the URC returns. Um, and for the La Rochelle visit, is that something you'll be keeping an eye on? Maybe even going to the stadium for? Yeah, I've kind of forgotten that like Stormers games are a thing. Um, <laughs> just with yeah, all they... the World Cup, I think I'm still like kind of coming down from hangover with that. But no, I would definitely be going to that game. That sounds like an absolute vibe. Yeah. I mean, because they, they've finished the hybrid pitch now. So the sevens should be the first time other than football matches that we'll see what it's like uh, in person. And then the La Rochelle match will be the first Stormers game because they've been playing in Stellenbosch. So it should be pretty interesting. I hope you can report back on any interesting developments on that hybrid pitch. Um, yeah, no, definitely yeah. will. Can we take ben, um, like how many how many ankle injuries there'll be in that? Stormers La Rochelle game. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even at sevens, right? Where you're sort of running and twisting and turning a bit more. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to, if we're going to see some. The sevens guys more worried about the, the skin burns than so much the. I think yeah. like the contact's less um, confrontational in sevens. So it doesn't have the same kind of issue. The issue is basically like when your feet get kind of locked into the turf. I oh, think yeah, that's, yeah. that's less of a problem in, in, in sevens. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hopefully, I mean, we don't know, but hopefully no one has. It's going back to the Spunk. I, I, I know we spoke, spoke about it at the beginning, but uh, one guy I was really impressed with is the, I think he's a young Bulls guy. It was Kewen Nokia. He's yeah. like super mm. fast that he brought the Blitz this week. The uh, thing is, he doesn't fit in the team because he's a white guy playing in the back line without dreadlocks. Like, <laughs> he needs to get dreadlocks or he needs to shift to the forwards. Yeah, it's always such a weird one, even just having like a fast white South African wing. Like they're few and far between because, you know, we have the short guys with scrum caps for the swing box. Like that's become the new thing. So, <laughs> so uh, very out of place. What's he doing? He doesn't belong there. I can't think of the last 
white springbok, like proper backline player. Obviously, there's Tricky Ricky, but he's scrum off, right? Uh, Ricky January. Yeah, we talk about blitz. Ricky Duarte. <laughs> oh, really... Ricky January is definitely not a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do Portuguese, Ricky Duarte, I think, like Portuguese, does that count? Uh, you kind of like what, Portuguese are white, surely. Well, I think Dallander counts as a player of color for the court. <laughs> yeah, it no, really he's, he's, he's very answer. adamantly not a player of color. Well, I think they count him anyway. <laughs> I mean, I think I think people at home try to count him, but he's very strongly maintains that he's not. Jeez, I hope not too strongly. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, just like you know, I mean, in the sense of that, like, look. To be fair, I can understand it because no, I, I, I'm just joking. Why would <laughs> you know? Like that, that means you could never be a quota player. You know, that means yeah. you can only ever be selected on merit. And this was, I mean, this was more when it was a, a, a part of the conversation. Um, but you know, like I can understand as a professional sportsman, you don't ever want that. You want to be like, no, I'm here on merit, and that's it. There's no like debate about it. Of course. And yeah. you know, I could could imagine that this be a very frustrating thing to be a player of color, and then people doubting your involvement. Yeah. I mean that that conversation happened in his first tenure as a centre pairing with Jesse Krill, not in the second. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, not the, yeah. we're getting very sidetracked there. But no, I don't think uh, Ricky counts as a player of colour. <laughs> Where is yeah. he injured, I'm assuming? Ricky January? Surely retired like <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Duarte. <laughs> oh, God. Got to keep you guys on track. I'm not saying. Really. Although, but on, on that note, on that note, though, uh, Rockus Rockus Beckerson back, and he is. He's also not black. Yeah, he's. <laughs> he's sure? made a big. We we might have to start. <laughs> he's playing good sevens rugby. I, I saw an interview with him after one of the matches. They were saying, or he was saying, the other players in the team call him Um now because he's come back and he's a bit older. So, or he said uncle. He said uncle for the sake of the New Zealand uh, interviewer. But yeah, it's definitely Um. Quite funny. <laughs> yeah, That's but he hilarious. still got it. Huh? He still got it. He might not have yeah. ex- like the full burst that he used to, but he still got like the change in direction and the acceleration. Yeah, so I mean that that one try that he set up with some of that footballing skills was crazy. Yeah, but I mean again with him and Selvin Davids cooking and Khadilov just cooking in the back, like, like what are you meant to do to defend that? To be honest, like yeah. those three players are just incredibly skillful. Um, I think what I was most impressed with was Khadilov's defense. He was putting in some monster hits. I don't know if you guys saw some of this, but like properly just flattening oaks. Like coming out of line on the angle and just steaming, like yeah. a, a big like Fijians and stuff. Yeah, like even the <laughs> Argentines, because they were saying like the Argentines are known for being super physical last season and that they were going to have to bring it. But like South Africa, the split box really stepped up and, you know, like yeah. that sort of physical presence. Yeah, and we you sent the video, <laughs> the video of some of their training on the group. So you see they do lots of like that wrestling training mm. for the up. For body contact uh with uh known fitness what is it fitness <laughs> influencer Anton <laughs> Taylor <laughs> the joke yeah, he's really. making a he's making a new spoof series now about a Cape Tonian on their first trip to Joburg and I can't tell if it's brilliant or absolutely cringe probably both 
-hmm. I feel like he's just always in character. Like that's like for this video, he was in character. I don't think that's like really him. <laughs> I don't know if who is he then. I, I don't. Well, I mean, I, 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 I don't know if he knows who he is either. <laughs> like I know Does him. You know who he is. I've spoken to him recently. Maybe he was just in, in a different character when I was speaking to him. <laughs> but yeah, he's. Uh... He's, he's had like he's lived like three lives i mean he was like mr november at one stage he was the jersey shore star like a ragga bugger gym freak alcoholic and now he's like a sober yoga instructor slash semi-professional boxer slash fitness influencer like i don't think he knows he was a commentator for for SA rugby for a while yeah he's yeah. done a couple of like platinum series in south africa now with the Tully's, yeah. Tully's wedding and Tully's baby diary. Yeah, he did most of the varsity cup commentating for a while, but then it, it didn't work out, I think. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> interesting uh, sidetrack. Got a master's, master's in creative writing. Did you know that? I but did, it did yeah. take him, what, 15 years to get it. <laughs> he, was our, he was our own Van Wilder, I think, right? <laughs> which is so weird, which is like makes it even stranger that he's gone down this like yoga calling people out for partying angle it's like dude like like look where you came from you can't yeah. stop calling Alex out for literally the behavior that you were advocating for for most of your life yeah some of my earliest uh, uct memories involve <laughs> some debaucherous behavior from um yeah i was in rose with him i'll leave it at that <laughs> <laughs> well, there um, you go but yeah, I think uh, that's just about everything that we've wanted to talk about uh, before we before we say goodbye. Andrew, I'll give you an opportunity. Just anything that you want to sum up in terms of rugby over the last month or something that you're looking forward to before we have, I think we'll have one more episode of the year. Um, I mean, I just hope that this is not a temporary blip in form for the Stormers. They've got a couple of tough, tough fixtures coming up and it would be nice to see them carry this through with the Springboks and a few returning players. But, yeah, it's going to be really, really tough for the Stormers. But there should be some class rugby coming up in the next few weeks. Yeah, it's nice to have this December period. I remember last year there were a few good matches that we got to experience over Christmas, New Year's time, uh, even New Year's Eve. I think there was a match last year. I'm not sure if there's one this year. And to your side... Please. Yeah, I mean, I hope that, that this is a temporary blip in form from the Sharks. <laughs> and that they do manage to find some, some form somewhere. Um, well, they yeah, have to play I mean, the Zebra again, I think. It's just once a season. So. Oh, thank goodness. Are they in the Challenge? Yeah, I don't know if I could... Oh, they might play in the Challenge. Oh, wait. It's not <laughs> oh, the challenge. That, that, sounds, that sounds very stressful. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd like just hope they have a, they got a bounce back. But just in general, like... As I was genuinely saying, the nice thing about this um, tournament is you, you genuinely do just support South African rugby. Mm. Um, so, you know, I just want South African rugby to do well. Um, and it's, it's, it's nice to be able to kind of support whoever's playing. Um, so, yeah, particularly now that we're in Europe, like you really do want South Africa to thrive. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, that ball Saracen's sticks out for I think all South Africans will be supporting the Bulls whether you're a diehard Stormer or Shark you can't support the Saracens surely so let's hope the Bulls do us all proud even with you know Jake White and his uh, leading the charges um, and 
if you're going to the sevens, enjoy that too. And we'll catch you again next time. Thanks for joining us. Cheers.